Oh, hello, Internet. This is Troy Baker, and I'm here with your lovely, very, very British host, Victoria Atkin. And this is the Performance Capture Podcast. So essentially, motion capture performers, like all the other performers, are here to tell stories. <laughs> and then they're like, you mean there, there are actors in video games? I thought it was animation. I kind of created my position. Like, nobody said, oh, you know, here, you go to school to become a performance capture producer. I pretty much created my own career. Jump in both feet, because this is the future of entertainment. This is where it's going to be. You know, the dots can tell if you're lying. Hi, my name is Victoria Atkin. You're listening to the Performance Capture Podcast Season 4. I have a wonderful guest with me next who is one of the most beautiful in physical and internal beings that I've met on the Performance Capture stage. She is wonderful to work with and I'm really excited that she's joining us today. Please, can you tell everybody what your name is and where you grew up? Hi, thank you for that. That's so kind. Uh, my name is Elizabeth Crujon, and I grew up in Queens, New York, and Orlando, Florida, and Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Los Angeles, California. <laughs> in that order. I love that. I love that. <laughs> That's great. You're showing us how generations now are not actually staying in one place for their whole childhood, which I think is, is now the new norm. I mean, definitely was the norm for me. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do and where you work and your official title, if you feel you have one? Oh, gosh. I don't know how official any of my titles are, but uh, I'm an actor, um, first and foremost. And I started off um, on the stage doing theater and getting a, a classical theater training and doing off-Broadway and touring and stuff like that. And then also always kind of supplementing that with, like, modeling jobs or whatever else would come along. Um, but now I have parlayed pretty significantly into voiceover and performance capture. And I'm so glad I have because it's it's the most fun of anything ever. Um, but yeah, also a lot of TV and film and um, producing more now. And I, I'm actually, I, I directed a short film for the first time. So, you know, artist, filmmaker, person, gal. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I ask this question to every guest and I feel like it's my favorite question to ask because everybody's like, oh, um, <laughs> so um, how would you best describe performance capture? I would best describe performance capture as getting into the sandbox with your friends when you were in like the, I don't know, pre-K, like when you're five years old and um, just playing in the sand and playing make-believe and being like, okay, you you be the dragon, I'll be the princess. And it's it's literally the closest to that childlike play of anything I've ever experienced in my entire career across all the different mediums that I've worked. Um, there's there's something super playful and kind of like fantasy-like about PCAP. So that's how I would describe it. Yeah. That's an amazing description. I think as actors, that ability to just escape. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I think I got to a point in my life where I was like, oh, hold on a minute. I've got to like mature. I can't play these imaginary games. Okay, I'm just going to carry on my education in this because I, I can't yeah. give that up. Um, and now I, with my son. How is your son? He's two now, but he loves an imaginary game. And I just, I get excited about thinking about getting him on the PCAP stage in the future because his imagination is absolutely amazing. He's just, yeah, 
he's the best one. <laughs> I think it's natural to us. I think like we all come out of the womb like that, playful, creative, present with an incredible imagination. And so PCAP is an is a wonderful opportunity because you get to get back to that and cultivate those qualities and try things. I think it's quite um, courageous and kind of risky as an adult to put yourself out there in front of a bunch of other people, especially in these high stakes kind of situations, like when you're working on Star Wars or, you know, it's like, okay, everybody's watching, you know, but um, to have the courage to kind of... But everybody's watching, but nobody's watching. You know, there's no like, there are no big... You know, we do have a lot of cameras obviously around, but it's it doesn't, I don't know about you, but for me, it doesn't feel like the same as when you're on TV or film set, when you literally do feel like the eyes are on you. I think that there's this kind of, there is this sort of naivety about the technology, even though, you know, when you have the facial capture and everything on, mm. there's this ability to, I find, and I think this is why I love it, there's still an ability to hide in that place. Oh, interesting. Because it's a very minimal crew and it's still closed doors and it's still like a padded cell. And without the props or costume or set, it's very skeleton and it does feel very childlike for me. I, I don't know. And I think what you're saying there is, is is so true about that. I love that quality of it. There's nothing. It's like... It's just play. Um, but that's that's interesting that you feel like it's more almost like safe or anonymous and you can play more versus certainly like a theater setting where like the, the audience is sitting there watching you. But yeah, you know, there's still like a bunch of professionals in the room watching you do your PCAP. There's a director who's for sure in the case of, of Star Wars, the, the biggest game that I've done so far is Tom Keegan. So he's a genius and... Has this we had him on the show uh, last season. He was absolutely amazing. Talked about his process. Uh, yeah. And there's like a bunch of technicians and like uh, designers and like, you know. Um, but So in that regard, I guess it's still similar to just being an artist in any medium. You're, there's a vulnerability to it. And it takes a kind of courage to like play and try things and take risks. Like your two-year-old can do that. And it's, it doesn't even cross his mind. Like, oh, like if I fall or do it wrong, like who cares? Like I'm safe, you know. But as adults, we lose that and we get very like locked into our little ways of being. And I think that's why some actors don't like it at all. I think you have to be a type, you know, a type of actor that wants to do that, you know, and some actors don't. They they want to have that costume, that set and that those props and, and that type of environment. And, and it doesn't, I don't think it's for everyone, but it is... I think the people that embrace it and and enjoy stepping onto that stage can really thrive and have such a great time. And like you say, I like the sandbox analogy. It's it's really, really good. So how did you discover performance capture? What was the first project that you did? And um, how did you like, when did you first put the suit on? <laughs> yeah, the first um, project that I did was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, um, where I played the second sister. That was, it wasn't the first audition I had done for PCAP, but I didn't really understand that it was a PCAP audition. I thought it was like a voiceover audition. So I showed up and, you know, for voiceover, you don't have to memorize anything. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know any of the lines or anything. I just was like, whatever, like kind of dragged myself. I had, you know, 10 other auditions that week and I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to get this done really quick. And then when I got there, I noticed that it says 
in all caps, please be memorized as off book as possible. And I was like, oh, <laughs> um, okay. So I sat in the waiting room for like 10 minutes and like everybody who came in after me, I just let them go in, ahead. I was like, oh, I just need... I just need a little bit of extra time. I just need to learn the lines. <laughs> and I just looked over it just for 10 minutes. But <laughs> this is such a compliment to the writers. It was so well written that it just like, it, like I absorbed it like a sponge. Um, it completely flowed. When it when it's good writing, it flows. It makes sense. The The next thought naturally leads to the next line you say. Well, it's good writing, but you are the, the actress that's bringing to it and the connectivity of that. Exactly. And those things match up as well, exactly. you know. That character just yes. fits you like a glass. Yes. And then the words flow and that's the process, right? Yes. So that, that weird magic happened in that 10 minutes. And I went in and I was just, I was just her. I was just her. And uh, that led to, to the first job. So... Yeah, getting to to put on the suit. It was something I had seen other actors do. Maybe the first time I had ever seen it and went like, I want to do that, was like seeing Zoe Saldana do it in Avatar, maybe, like behind the scenes, you know? And I just was like, oh, man, what is that? Like this this suit, the spandex and the dots. So uh, that was definitely a dream. That was like 10 dreams coming true in that first gig, you know? I guess you heard about Deborah. Uh, bringing that to life, right? Did you know about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, Deborah. About Avatar? Gosh, she's such a genius. Yeah, yeah. So we talk about that in her episode. Uh, she's just amazing and how she she's a <laughs> how genius. she got naked and brought that character to life. Yeah, she demonstrated a bit of that for for us, um, like hanging out in the, you know, waiting in the wings, so to speak, one day um, on Star Wars. With clothes on, I'm guessing. Yeah, I think she had the mocap suit on. <laughs> <laughs> But um, it's she, honestly, she's wow. It's remarkable how some people can change the the shape of their body, the way their body, you know, like that creature stuff. And I mean, I can do that, but mm-hmm. not necessarily. It's everybody's a little different. Like some people in the voiceover world are ca- very much character character actors. They can whip out twenty different voices, and it's they sound like completely different. They could sound like a seventy year old and a two year old in two minutes. I'm not that person. I'm more like uh, I I bring something to the work, but it's not necessarily that wild charactery stuff. I think it's a different thing. I mean, I don't really do creatures either. I think people that are trained in a you know traditional acting background, a lot of us are still right. working on humans. But who knows where the future's gonna, <laughs> the future's going? <sighs> so, what's your favorite thing about? motion capture what do you love you know you book a gig and what's it they go you're going to be in the suit again what what do you love my favorite thing is working with tom keegan does that count that 100 percent counts i love working with tom <laughs> there's so much that comes in when he's involved and i was actually i was just thinking about this on the drive here like um when tom's involved he brings so much of his spirit I mean, like his depth, his truth, his presence, his love of people, his love of the process, his love of life. So and then what happens is that invites everybody else to bring that in, too. All of a sudden, you know, we're doing these warm ups like you're so much more in your body. You're so much more on your voice. And then the the warm ups end with us really taking each other in. And all of a sudden, this very technical and unlike 
in a way quite industrial, you know, acting thing or video game thing becomes very spirit led. And this other energy enters. And I think that for me is like, oh, my gosh, the best, the best, the best, the best. But yeah, like like I said, you know, it's all super playful and like working with other fun, like hilarious and brilliantly talented actors and getting inspired by them and throwing on the suit and just playing around it. That stuff is always fun, even um, on projects that Tom's not on, <laughs> you know, that's just part of the process. Yeah, of but course. there's something about what he brings to it that makes it feels really meaningful and, and so much less tedious. For me, what I love about working with him is that he cultivates that trust mm. and he cultivates that safety that you can be, do, have anything in this presence and in this environment and this, this safety that, and I think that that's the, you know, that's the foundation that how can you, like you said before, it's, it is a big risk. Anytime you take on a character and you try something in any form of acting, but when you have a leader like that who who really does make you feel at home that you can be yourself, you know, and you can be private in public. Oh, wow, yeah. That's really well said. That's exactly it. So can you tell us, I mean, you worked on Star Wars. Is there a specific experience from the Star Wars project that you've mm. particularly enjoyed that you can tell us about? Maybe something funny that happened? Or yeah, we just like, we like fun mocap stories on this <laughs> on this podcast. That that was, you know, again, what a dream come true. Playing an Inquisitor, playing a villain in the Star Wars universe is, I mean, what, now what? Like, pinch me. What, I retire. Like, what do I do? My very first mocap job and I'm done. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, what do you do after was, that? <laughs> you know, um, and then, of, like I said, working with Tom, working with Cameron Monaghan, Deborah Wilson, Tina Ivlev, uh, these on Daniel Roebuck, these unbelievable actors, and we worked on that for like a year, just doing the PCAP for a year, and like it was so consistent. You know, we were, I, I was the the lead villain, so I was in there week after week, working with Cameron, doing scene work, doing stunt work, doing lightsaber training. It really started to feel like a family. Who doesn't want to do lightsaber training? I know. I mean, I, there's on. so many moments on... Mo <laughs> you got paid to do yeah. that? <laughs> it's funny. When I'm on TV and when I'm on TV sets, I'm like, thank God I'm getting paid to do this, like, a lot, because this is hard work. When I'm on mocap stages, I'm like, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this. It's not work at all. <laughs> a lot of the stuff that, you know, that you uh, have on your on your websites and all different things talking about your your life journey and things like that you you talk a lot about meditation and your practice of meditation and i and i think it's um deborah and i talked a little bit about not meditation in particular as a tool but you know it's spirit and and how that moves through what we're doing in this realm and and i'm really excited about mm. how this medium is able to capture essence which i think no other medium is able to capture which is I think probably my favorite <laughs> favorite thing that continuously keeps me curious. But um, I wondered if you could talk a little bit about how meditation has kind of played into your career and how, you know, that affects the roles that you play in your preparation and or maybe just your, your process. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited that you asked this question. Nobody has ever asked me this question. People sometimes ask about meditation, but it's a very particular observation or, or curiosity of how did that affect your career? Because 
it affected it so much. And it's shocking. <laughs> like, and I'm always like beating this drum. Like I'm trying to tell people like, hey, um, this didn't just make me feel like you know, relaxed for 15 minutes a day or improve my, you know, self-talk or my relation, my like personal relationships. Like it completely changed my career. Let's talk about that. You know, I went through a huge transformation when I started practicing consistently, which was probably like five years ago, which of course coincided with when I became a full-time actor by no coincidence, you know. Um, And I think who I was was somebody who was feeling like I really needed jobs, acting jobs to like validate me and like that it was almost like an outside authority I was putting outside myself to run around and try to get these jobs and kind of validate my experience or my training or my talent in that way. And so I think there was a level of like searching that I was probably bringing into a lot of auditions. As I started meditating, I started to make contact with this, with myself, with who who's in here, like this energy. Um, and then I kind of realized, like, it's quite, it's quite simple, but I kind of realized, like, oh, I'm a person too. There's someone in here that, like, totally counts and matters at least as much as anybody else could. Um, and then so there was, like, a bit more of a fullness. Um and not so much like searching outside the self, like, hey, ah, validate me. Um, hey, do you see me? Like, do I exist? It, it was just like, no, I exist. <laughs> I mean, I'm here. I'm breathing. And again, talking about energy and essence, that's red. You know, we all know that's red when we go on a, on a date. <laughs> but with, that's also red in the casting room. And that's also red when you're on set. It's literally the most important thing that's being red. And we think it's to do with how well we're memorized, how interesting our choices were about the scene, how we look. No, it's you are getting hired because of your energy, period. For any acting job, you know, perhaps most most of all mocap, but I think actually for anything and even mm-hmm. even through voiceover and stuff, you know, it's like now I go into rooms and I'm just like, I don't need this. I don't need anybody to validate me. I'm right away. That's a paradigm shift because it's like, oh, so now I'm actually bringing something to the table. I'm not coming to the table hungry. Like I need you to fill my plate. I need to eat. I'm I'm fed. I I'm you know I'm good. And like I just happened to make this dish, and like here you go. It's an offering. If you want it, you can have it. And like yeah. going through the world, not only on auditions but going on set. Every day, like, you know, for Star Wars or for the things we've done together, Victoria, and like, if you show up, like, I'm full and I have an offering. Mm-hmm. Right away, that has a like a charge of, you know, kindness, generosity, service. It's much more interesting. And I want to talk a little bit about that. You know, I, I don't just say that at the beginning of this episode about your, you know, physical, but also internal beauty. The the reason that you are employed so much and what you just briefly talked about, you know, that we have been working on a project, we've been working on a big project mm. that you have had such a big involvement with. And Jessica Jeffries and I have talked about this in the first season where mm. she, before she became a casting director, she was doing a lot of motion capture. I don't know if many listeners know this, but a lot of projects get rehearsed and a lot of projects, you know, uh, will bring in different people to actually play the the final character. 
And I've done a lot of this myself, you know, coming in and um, rehearsing stuff or just doing the motion capture. Then later on, it will be voiced by somebody else. Majority of my work, I do do full performance capture. But now and again, I'll just be hired here and there to do that. And I think for you, I mean, you are you are a great person to have on set. And I've talked about this with other people, maybe not on the podcast, but as I've gone on my journey in the career. And, you know, you've got your brand. Of course, you've got your talent. But personality and energy in this specific case is what gets you rehired, I believe. You know, it gets you rehired because people want to be around you. And they certainly want to be around you, Elizabeth. And, you know, and I think that that's something that you really bring to the table. And, you know, it's it's. It's such a shame, and I think this should this is changing. It should be changing on IMDb that every single person in the in the process, whether their face was on it or not, or their voice was on it or not, should get the credit for bringing their work. Because mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff is skeleton work that lays down the character before somebody else comes on and does it, and layers their amazing talent and stuff on top of it. Yeah. But yeah, we work. We've been working on a project for probably like a year. Yeah. Um, together with Tom as well, and and Deborah, who we've talked about on the podcast and interviewed, and it's it's such an amazing experience. Thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate that because you're right. I mean, we do bring so much in those invisible layers. And I agree, I think people should be credited um, appropriately for their work. And, you know, this is a collaborative effort. But I I will say that um, the meditation helped a lot with that specific quality. Uh, I I started to notice it somewhat recently on uh, on set with Tom Keegan. I can't remember what it was for. I think maybe the one we're talking about that we were together. Whereas Star Wars was uh, a couple years ago now. And I was still growing a lot and evolving a lot. Of course, I always am. But in that process, there was still a lot of the voices in my mind that were like, okay, don't screw this up. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) be great. Make an interesting choice. Don't go up on your line. Like, if you notice, all those thoughts that I just said are all about the self. It's all about the self. Proving the worth of the self, uh, reinforcing that I should be here on set, right? There's like a level of insecurity. All actors have this. You're like, okay, okay, I want to do a good job. Basically, I want to do a good job. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, However, of course you do. I noticed as I continued practicing and I continued answering the call that Tom puts out to really come, you know, with spirit led to this, with, with your presence, with a grounded presence, with a focus to this work. I started to notice that I would be on set for hours and there would be no thoughts. No Elizabeth thoughts. It's not about Elizabeth being a good actor, showing everybody how great of an actor I am, la la la, all those things. It was just quiet in my mind. And what the, the remarkable thing about that is all of this mental real estate all of a sudden becomes available to serve the project. What do you need? What do you need, Tom? What are you, what's going to be helpful in this moment? And I, that, that really excited me. You know, there are many ways to define success. Oh, I, I got this big job. Okay, cool. I made this money, whatever. But that for me was a moment of like, ah, oh, good job, Elizabeth. It's quiet in the mind. Yeah. That's it, right? That's the goal. We want a quiet mind. What's living rent-free in our head? What's taking up all the space? Is it stress? Is it relationships? Is it, you know, this need to prove uh, you know, you can be the most successful person in the world, but if your head is full of chaos, then, you know, we've all seen it with artists everywhere, you know, that, that that's a demise of the spirit. 
I mean, there's such a spectrum of what the, the what the mind can be doing to us at any given moment, and it changes. But and in terms of being on set, in particular for mocap, because we're all together, we're all in this volume, sharing the space together. It's kind of like theater. Um, I whereas you know on TV or film, you have a trailer, you go whatever. I feel like it's a quality that I really value. Is like yes, being likable and being able to have a good laugh and being there's a kindness that that's likability or being cool with people is just all about having compassion for them. It's just like, but then also having a focus, you know, like having an eye toward what is the problem that Tom is trying to solve? What is the problem that like Aaron is trying to solve the writer on, on star Wars or the balance of those two qualities for me, the compassion and also the grounded presence I think is if I can hit that mark, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm the kind of person I want to be around, you know? <laughs> so talking about meditation and everything that we've got that now, and I'm I'm thinking my intuition is that this book needs to be written by Elizabeth, but do you have any, you know, recommendations of books or things t- for actors to tune into? Uh, the thing about these kinds of books is that they find you when you're ready. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So the the power of now by Eckhart Tolle found me and it blew my brain like cuz I was like right at that sweet spot. Many years later The Untethered Soul by Mar- Michael Singer found me. But if if I just recommend this book and somebody just grabs it cuz I said it, like you could easily read either one of those books and be like, "Huh?" Like, this is so far out. It's just abstract. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, I just bought it on Amazon, but um, yeah, so, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> but um, those those are incredible books. And then the, also one of my favorite teachers is called Tara Brock. Her last name is spelled B-R-A-C-H. And she has a free podcast. Um, and it's literally one of the greatest resources you could ever hope to. I mean, she's unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, those are great resources for people. Just as we wrap things up, this has been an absolutely amazing and Already? unique unique conversation. We're nearly at 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> I know, it sucks. But uh, we still got a couple more questions. What advice would you give? I mean, I think we've talked about, you know, maybe being a great person and having great energy and, and fixing, not fixing that, there's no fixing, but um, kind of being a person of great energy um, before you step into the room for a casting or just throughout life, I guess, but particularly on the performance capture stage. Is there any other advice that you would give people? Yeah, just along those lines, knowing that you matter, you matter, you exist. If you have a dream, you have it for a reason. It is possible. And very, very, very common amongst all actors of all ages that I've noticed is uh, insecurity, uh, unsteadiness, and ungroundedness, uh, searching, 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 wanting to prove, wanting to prove, wanting to, be, you know, have somebody discover you or something. And so it's like noticing that energy, turning toward it. Just, it's as simple as taking a few breaths, quieting, coming within, making contact with what's within, just giving it some attention. It's not like, okay, I remember for years, acting teachers would tell me, like, you got to not want it so much. You got to not care when you go in. That's what gives you that cool confidence. (laughs) You're like, I can't do that. (laughs) Well, I would just pretend. I'd be like, okay, okay. I'm going to pretend to not care. So then then I get the job. (laughs) It's like, no, you can't really fake that, (laughs) you know. 
Um, and another <laughs> way in is, and I love saying this to, to actors and students, is like, find your deep why. Why do you want this? Why do you want the big fancy job and to be on the billboard and to get the, to be in video games? Why? Go deeper, go deeper. It can't just be, well, you know, what I found when I started asking myself that question is like, oh, I just want validation. I just want to be able to like look good and compete with my really successful friends. Okay, that's not a deep enough reason. Go deeper. You'll find the deeper, you know, for me, those more superficial things had been layered on top, but there was actually a seed there since I was eight years old. I want to tell stories. I want to inspire people. I want to inspire empathy in people. I want to connect people. Those are actually deeper whys. So if you dig, if you're not afraid to go deeper, I think we can walk around with a little bit more nobility as actors because we should be. Actors are courageous, incredible. What what we do is is very generous. And so I always wish that for actors. I always see young actors like so searching. How do I get, how do I get, how do I break in? And it's a process, you know, we grow into it. It's it's always growth and it's always looking and the industry is always growing. I mean, we're talking about performance capture. That wasn't being talked about 20 years ago, you know. Yeah. This is an ever-evolving conversation and it's, you know, it's bigger than us <laughs> for sure. Um, so how do we find you, Elizabeth? What are your socials? Oh. How can everybody follow your wisdom? <laughs> Yeah, um, on Instagram, I'm is the one that I'm the most active on, and it's just my name, Elizabeth A. Grujon, which is uh, E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H-G-R-U-L-L-O-N. And then uh, that should do it. I mean, that's the only one that I'm really— That should do it. Get on Instagram. Go on Instagram, come hang out, send me a DM. A lot of my fans have um, found me on there after seeing The Second Sister and— started conversations and like connecting with fans all over the world and um, I always announce too if there's going to be like a, a con coming up or a convention opportunity to kind of meet meet in person so that's that's the best place I'm so happy that you came on this I absolutely adore working with you, oh, thank um, you. you're just you're just a bright light and um, it's been a pleasure working on this project with Tom and you and Deborah and um, I'm sure there's going to be many more opportunities. Yes, so of course. Let's stay tuned to the future and um, yeah, I wish you just the utmost success with your career. You're just amazing. Thank you so Thank much, you. Victoria. Likewise, it's an honor. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. Victoria now hosts online classes for students worldwide. To learn more about how to work in the performance capture industry as an actor, visit www.victoriaatkin.com forward slash classes to find out more. The Performance Capture podcast was recorded and edited at Soundbox Studios in Los Angeles. Soundbox LA is the founding studio in the Soundbox Studio Group, a collective of talent-owned and operated boutique voiceover studios with multiple locations in the Los Angeles area and Southern Colorado. You can find out more at soundbox.la. This podcast could not be made without the efforts of many people. We'd like to thank our guests, my fellow producer, Bethany Monroe, our social media manager, Bailey Reeves, and the amazing team at Soundbox Studio Group, Tim Friedlander and Ryan Riveros. The multi-talented Ryan is also the composer of our theme music. 